Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. And tonight will be a freewheeling list of the things that I've noticed or I've done in this last week. And it's been busy. And I want to start by saying the power of prayer, wishing the best for people, is certainly a powerful tool. And the people of the panhandle of Florida that got hit by the latest hurricane, let's keep them in our thoughts and prayers. Did you see the devastation in the news? The city of Mexico Beach was just devastated. Whole areas just wiped. It shows the power of these natural forces and the respect we need to show them and the compassion we need to extend to our fellow citizens that are in the worst possible way. And with everyone in mind, I want to extend a thanks today to a couple of merchants that made my life better here in Lancaster, California. First is Auto Pros, and the second is the Whole Weedery. I love this store. The owner is a friend, Cheryl Hughes, and she's supported me through the years, and they sell good, healthy food, so what a winning combo. But I went in there to get some magnesium. It's important to have proper nutrients. They sell some good stuff that's worked for me. And I told her I was celebrating because my buds at AutoPros helped me. They did my smog test, basically, and I was celebratory. I I passed. It's it's, uh, a thing here in California where, for my car at least, every couple of years I have to go in And usually what that means is if a car can't pass the smog test that, you know, the repair to get it to pass is often worth uh, way more than the car is. So it's kind of a death sentence for your car. And I passed and I have two more years. (laughs) Yeehaw. So I have kind of kept the TV off for the last week. It's almost sickening, the um, Supreme Court stuff and the diminishing of the the court. I mean, this is supposed to be the branch of government that we rely on to be impartial and render fair justice. And uh, it's an ugly thing. And the way that it was forced through and all of it just is regrettable. But what a bunch of news I missed. Uh, The Dow has fallen 1,300 points in the last couple of days, and there are many factors that could be attributed to that, but it kind of pokes a hole in the recovery because it's it's an adjustment, and it just can't keep going up forever. 
And we don't talk a lot about the economy on this program, but I will say that Donald Trump criticized the Fed, and I wouldn't say that I agree with everything the Fed does or the whole purpose of the Federal Reserve System that is interwoven in our economy and is supposed to be independent. So usually a president of the United States will not comment one way or the other. And I I think he called them loony or something because interest rates are going to have to go up, all this free money for the last 10 years and all the uh, freewheeling financial dealings that were supposed to stop and haven't. Uh, something's going to happen, but, you know, you have to pay for the money you borrow. Well, most of us do anyway. And there was one humorous story on the news I watched about a tunnel digging, uh, dug under the border between the United States and Mexico. So the wall wouldn't stop this. And it was pretty sophisticated, and it just shows you a tunnel 30 feet down and with a rail system to transport drugs and humans and whatever else is, uh, well, uh, people can pull it off. People can engineer these things and uh, get around the wall. So it's just, who didn't know that? And with regard to things you should have thought better of or thought more deeply about, Kanye West was in the Oval Office today, and he caused quite a uproar by just saying a bunch of goofy things and, as the news called it, dropping the F-bomb. And it's so sad to see that... I mean, this guy, I don't even know what the appeal is. I I don't think he's got any talent at all, and he doesn't make a lick of sense. So I'm not hating on Kanye. I don't even know who this guy is, except that he got up at a music awards and tried to take an award away from Taylor Swift. That was the most bizarre thing, and it's one of these things that you just can't believe that he got away with or that that sort of insanity made him more famous for what being nuts oh i don't know forgive me it was pretty cool trevor noah the daily show made a comment tonight that kanye made trump you could see trump's face as he's talking it's you know you see something but You don't see whatever that is often on Trump's face. And Trevor Noah said that uh, now Trump knows how it feels to have to listen to someone who makes them feel like he's made us all feel for the last couple of years. It's just shocking what passes as competency or even sanity. And when you get into things that really, really matter, national security, and you think about what happened with Donald Trump just this week, you may have heard 
about the Saudi Arabian embassy in Turkey that took a journalist in and the poor guy never came out. So this has all the hallmarks of international intrigue and espionage and a lot to be gleaned from just a few facts that we have right now. So the journalist, who was a Saudi Arabian citizen but lives in this country, lives in Virginia, and is a journalist for a newspaper, went into a Saudi Arabian embassy in Turkey to get some paperwork or some fact-checking, you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly what he was looking for, but it was the plan B. And we know this because there are intercepts of transmissions, our own CIA or whoever gathers these uh, pieces of intelligence in a working relationship that's not really clear with Turkey, because you remember this guy Erdogan, he came to Washington about a year ago and his bodyguards roughed up some Americans in the streets and that was a little bit outrageous. I didn't want to see that, but it was just the impunity with which these guys would just go about doing stuff on the streets of our nation's capital. It was amazing. And Trump glosses over this stuff because like in many of these relationships, there are financial entanglements and other plays that just go to Trump's need to be admired by dictators. And so there's some stuff all rolled up here. The Turks seem to have a rather sophisticated intelligence gathering within this embassy, meaning it's bugged. We have other methods. We don't want to talk about them. But basically, it's pretty clear what the story is. And you have to remember that, well, there's two things. Donald Trump, as president, gets intelligence briefings. So when our intelligence agencies overhear or record or capture or in the case where it might be the Turkish intelligence sharing this information with us that they have, basically there were uh, two plots to lure him back to Saudi Arabia or just to get him into an embassy and murder him. And they have very graphic video and audio recordings, it is said, that show his torture and his murder and his dismemberment in this embassy and he's just gone they can prove he went in he just never came out and then there is Donald Trump's relationship with Saudi Arabia to consider since his election his hotels are profiting handsomely by Saudi Arabian citizens increasing the revenue and You know, it's the emoluments clause, and we don't have any way of knowing how much money he actually makes or they give, and there has always been funny business with the money. And so this is what really struck me most. Here you have the President of the United States who has all this intelligence and knows these stories of 
what happened in that embassy, and there's no dispute that the guy has disappeared. He, he hasn't emerged. So, but he tried to explain this in a press conference saying that he isn't like that, but he wants the money from the arms sales that we have with the Saudis, and he's not going to forego that money and let China pick it up or Russia. And it's just, there's no way that these other countries could just jump in and fill the gap. It, it takes years and years and decades to build up these supply relationships with the parts Saudi Arabia needs from us for stuff they've already bought. And first of all, and they don't have the money to buy this stuff. So he talks about he's not going to throw away $110 billion in sales. That doesn't even exist. It's just a fantasy. It's a wish list. And it's he knows better. He knows he knows absolutely better, or he doesn't, and that's what's even scarier. He will find some reason to just do nothing about it. So I would like to remind everyone at the start of this segment that I might have it all wrong. I tell you there's no shame in realizing you don't know what's happening. You can't figure it out. Things are different. That's why I spent a year and came up with the World Unraveling Dissociative Disorder, or WUD. And... After the Brett Kavanaugh hearings and the display that was accepted as something that would be suitable for someone who sits on the Supreme Court, that, that was a real knock. That was a real blow because what does matter? And that's what we all have to decide. For instance, down in Georgia, there's a governor's race with a guy named Brian Kemp, and this guy is the controller, the uh, whatever you call that, of the state. And he gets, he's the secretary of state, and he gets to control the election that he's running for governor in. And he has suppressed votes and this stuff goes on right in plain sight. And there's nothing you can do except the Georgia Democrats don't plan on winning the election with new voters. They just want to turn out the ones that are there. But it's a blatant attempt to tamper and with a person whose position leaves him able to do that without challenge. And so it's just how it is. People can complain and say it clearly is a violation of the law and 
common decency and standards, but there's hardly anything you can do about them except really beat them at the polls. And then there's the story. This is a head-scratcher. This is a multi-decade process that is, well, the manifestation of a dirty philosophy. You know, it's not fair fighting. You just can't use power in this way for no reason other than to gain an advantage. Okay, we're in Texas, and there's a historically black university called Prairie View A&M University. And they won a Supreme Court case in 1979 basically about voter rights and the students who go to the school who needed to be able to vote there instead of going home sometimes hundreds and many more miles away. So they won the case and they've been at odds with this county all this time. They've flaunted the Supreme Court ruling. And so now with the Kavanaugh thing, maybe it's so what if if a county can just flaunt a decision by the court to let these students register and vote. And there's just so few of them that it could hardly be a threat. It's just an ugly thought that must keep these people who are doing this from allowing these Americans to express their civil liberties, their, their key point. Okay, but what's interesting about this story to me, there's a field rep for a guy. He's uh, the Democrat running. Mike Stangle is his name. And he's running against the Republican, a guy named Michael McCall. He's got the job already. He's in Congress from that district. And so the Democrats' field representative went to a courthouse for some paperwork. But basically, he was arrested. And it's, you know, Jamal Kamashgagi. He's the, you know, I apologize for slaughtering his name, the Washington Post uh, reporter of Saudi Arabian descent that's missing. But here you have a field representative in Texas of a congressional candidate who they threatened and they arrested him just for paperwork. They were afraid or whatever. They detained him and they threatened him with two days in jail. And now if they can just throw you into custody in any horrible condition because they, you know, I, 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 I try and figure out what's the motive for this. Why would you do just to make it harder on this guy to fill out a form or get paperwork? I I, forgive me for not knowing what the heck this is about, but it was just a civil matter that he went into the courthouse with and was surrounded and detained, even though they knew full well who he was and who he worked for and what he was there for. If that can happen... My goodness. And it all comes down to just not wanting college students to exercise their right to vote. It's, it's very, very sad. So before I 
catch you up on some of the pertinent local news, especially dealing with homeless. I want to tell you about something that was quite bizarre, quite rare and special, and something that I certainly have never seen before and, and had to put together some thoughts on the spot that weren't too far off, but still there's a mystery because, okay, my boys and I were in the front yard with the dog. We let him out late at night to pee one more time before morning. And one of my guys said to me, what's that? And I said, what? And up in the sky, I looked and it was bright you know, it looked like a meteor shower, but not. It was stuff burning, and quite a bit of it. And I was able to find a video online of it. I didn't have a camera with me, but it described exactly when it happened, and it was exactly it. When my one boy saw it, he said, yep, that's it. You know, the first second of the video, that's what it was. And it's a bunch of burning space debris, but it's in the upper atmosphere somehow because it was red hot and glowing but it just shot past us going like from uh, south to north it just shot through the sky it was over in about 20 seconds and it was amazing how bright and uh, it looked like neon lights up in the sky and what was it so here's what I think. Now, it was true that around this time there was a failed space launch of two astronauts, one Russian, one American, and they had to abort at the last moment and landed in Kazakhstan or the place that was predetermined as the last-ditch escape way. I mean, that's what the Russians do. They bring the things down and land them on land somewhere. And Kazakhstan is pretty big, so it's kind of like the ocean. You can't miss, really. And, but the times just don't add up to when it all would happen because this was 1.15 in the morning uh, West Coast time when it went overhead. And maybe with, delays in the schedule of the launch or whatever. I, I, this must have been part of the rocket that took them way up there and made them abort at the final last moment. And they were lucky that, you know, they had not gone too far, I guess, because they were able to land from that. But it was just uh, amazing to witness, and I'll never forget it. It was, it was like... A message or something, you know, I, I thought maybe what would primitive man think? And uh, there's a lot of dazzling celestial phenomenon that's quite natural, but this wasn't. So if you were some ancient dude, there was no technology to make it. So the comparison is not valid. And if you were searching for an omen that the end times had begun, that would be a pretty good one. So, at Tuesday's city council meeting, it was announced, much to my surprise, that the city manager 
was leaving. He's been here for 10 years in that capacity and years before that as other, you know, in other capacities with the city. But I got to tell the story of 10 years ago running against the mayor and a editorial board meeting. The media really gave much more attention to the local elections then. They hadn't, uh, you know, there's always been some, uh, this voter suppression. I mean, nobody talks about the elections. They don't, well, we get 10% as a city. That's uh, the registered voter ratio. And if it was 25, 30%, which doesn't seem too exhaustive, I'd be the mayor. So we can hope to get out the vote but they kind of count on it being low. And it felt good to remind them that I'd been an advocate for good city government in, in the capacity of certainly keeping this person who's a great manager in the position for all this time. We have a park in the middle of town, close to City Hall, called American Heroes Park, and there was public debate about what it would be named and many of the facets, the leasing to the school that's next to it for some of the grounds for some of the time. Some of the stuff gets, whatever, tight, minutiae. It's uh, hard to even explain, and so almost a waste of time. So... I told them 10 years ago that if they build this park, they better get ready to have some facilities to house the homeless because that will be one place where they'll come. So now there's been a court ruling and you can no longer ticket homeless people for sleeping in the park or somewhere because of the Ninth Circuit Court made a decision on a complaint or suit that was brought and now what has to happen in the county, in the city, is that if you're going to ticket somebody for being homeless and just laying around, you have to show that there are enough beds to house them. So out of our 5,000 homeless, that is a conservative number. And this 60 to 100 beds that are available, it's pretty easy to see that we're not going to make the cut and we're not going to be able to do anything but get a nice park for them to sleep in. At the criminal justice meeting the next day, Wednesday, I told them about my work on the homeless commission that the county puts together and that in their, the county's proposal that they're starting to consider these parks, which no one really wants to do because it's not that easy to just make these places safe. You know, you can't prevent who comes in in a large measure. So you don't want families in with sex offenders or drug abusers or worse. And it's, it's very complex, but we're going to have to find a way to let people lay their head down somewhere where it's relatively safe. And relative is always a variable term, but you can't really prevent what's already occurring. 
And in many places, it's like a Mad Max road warrior scene of devastation. Outposts all over the desert here, homeless encampments, which cost the city millions of dollars to clear tons and tons of garbage and all things that you wouldn't consider. And there has to be a balance. There has to be a way to allow what must occur because we have no other option. We have provided no other option. We have to have people have a safe place to sleep. And with that, I wish a good night to all. May your heavenly omens be strange and direct and insightful. 